This is the Financial Compass with Matthew Brunner from Comprehensive Planning Associates. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Matthew provides his clients and prospects with the information that they need regarding social security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now here is Matthew Brunner to help you find your financial direction. Hello and welcome to the Financial Compass. My name is Matthew Brunner from Comprehensive Planning Associates LTD or Compass. If you'd like more information about what you hear during today's show, give us a call 800-339-9252 or visit us online at compass-ltd.com. While you're at the website, scroll on down to the radio section of the page. You can check out past shows. You could subscribe to our program on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And please don't hesitate to reach out to us with questions or to set up a face-to-face or virtual meeting. And you know what else? Give us some ideas for future shows, things you're going to want to hear about, because otherwise you're going to have to listen to a show like today's, which title is five types of insurance you probably need. Now, I know how much <laughs> everybody loves talking about insurance. So, again, <laughs> send in some ideas. But the clients many financial service professionals work with tend to have the same types of questions during the first couple of appointments. There's things like, am I on track to reach my retirement goals? Am I in a good position to avoid outliving my assets? And those are good questions and very important questions. But another important question many people I work with have is, how many different kinds of insurance do I need and where should I go to find a good policy at a good price? Now, with that in mind, during today's show, we're going to discuss some of the key insurance policies that are a good fit for many financial strategies. But before we kick around some of those facts and figures about insurance, Let's talk about the insurance we employ on this show to make sure we all have a good time. And that is Tony Shore. He is an insurance <laughs> policy for fun. Tony, how are you doing today? Oh, I don't know about all that. Uh, that was quite the introduction. Thank you so much, Matt, for having me on the show. Once again, this is always fun. Each week I look forward to this one. And um, so we're talking about insurance today. <sighs> mm, what? Oh, what? what? I'm sorry. What? I've got to wake up. Crickets. I, Cue the crickets. I, I've. I fell asleep there momentarily. No, this is an important topic, and I hope our listeners will stay tuned because uh, you're going to go over the different types of insurance and why they need them and a certain insurance. Maybe you're overinsured. Maybe you're underinsured. Uh, maybe you don't realize how insurance can help you in retirement. So I think you've picked a great topic today, Matt. Uh, but I'm doing good. I'm doing good. You know, I, 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 we talked a little bit before the show on a topic that you've talked to me a lot about and your advice and input has really helped because uh, my mom is going to be going into assisted living and my dad doesn't want to leave the farm. So I'm like, dad, who's going to be taking care of you? And I had both my mom and my dad were on speakerphone and he goes, well, me, myself and I. And I go, dad, I don't trust any one of those three people to take (laughs) care of you. And then my mom, I hear this, ha. Like she's sick and barely talk Parkinson's. And I hear this, ah, when I said that, (laughs) it was great. It was so funny. Anyway, you had to be there, but yeah, I'm dealing with that. You know, I'm part of that sandwich generation we've talked about where I have uh, my adult children who still need financial support because they're in grad school, college, 
And then my parents and my mother-in-law, my wife and I are, you know, they need our help as well. So yeah, I'm right there in between. But speaking of sandwiches, you were, you said this past week you were baking, right? Is that true? Uh, this morning before work, I made peach cobbler. Wow. Have it you ever made phenomenal. peach cobbler before? No, I've never made peach cobbler or peach jam. And I didn't mention that. I, I did make peach jam as well. And they're both oh, wow. really yummy. Um, I did. I read a thing a long time ago in Reader's Digest when I was a kid. And it was one of those like little lines after one of the stories. And it said, if you meet a girl with two first names, chances are she makes a good peach cobbler. It was like life advice. Right? Yeah. And it's probably from Georgia. Good, good chance. Right. Mary but... Beth. Mary Beth from Georgia. Or so, Sue Beth. I think I made a peach cobbler that would make a two named girl from Georgia jealous today. Wow. Wow. That's impressive. I mean, you know, you, you've been a financial advisor for so many years and you helped so many people with financial advice, but now this extra peach cobbler talent that I didn't know you had. (laughs) I do share recipes with my clients because I do, as you talked about, I love cooking. Yeah, I know you do. Yeah. And you make your own maple syrup. You tap the trees. I make and, my own everything. Yeah. Yeah. You're you're a do it you're you're a DIYer. I like that when it comes to outdoors and cooking and growing your own food. I love that about you, Matt. It's just one of the many things I love about you. You oh, know that. Thanks, Tony. We'll do it. Here's a show list or a show idea. Things you like about me. We'll just do that for a show <laughs> on, sometime soon. We'll no, really we've, do a no, deep we've, dive. No, we've pretty much covered it. Okay. <laughs> that show's over. <laughs> in the intro. No, we got, we got that covered in the intro. Um, I'm kidding you. But, uh, okay, so we're talking about insurance. So where do you want to yep. begin with this topic today? All right, so there's an Investopedia article, Five Insurance Policies Everyone Should Have. It provides some really great info and insights for us to kind of frame today's discussion around. Now, there's a... Some sayings in the financial world, and every now and then, I I think some of them really do rise to the top as the ones that make a lot of sense for people to hear. And one of those is you have to insure against the possibility of what can go wrong so you can afford to invest in the probability of what will go right. Right. Wow. So um, insurance is one of those things that should be kind of forefront in your financial plan. It's we're going to talk about the different reasons for having these different ones, but this is one of those ones that makes a ton of sense because if you don't, if you don't have the things in helping spread out that risk of what can go wrong in your life, it can derail some of the most otherwise bulletproof financial plans. So that's why insurance is always a good thing. We asked, I asked a question in the beginning, where do you get a good policy at a good price? I think it makes sense. You always want to be working with a financial pro here. And no, I'm not trying to slag straight insurance folks here, but when you want to find out what kind of policy you need, work with your financial planner. They'll figure out what policy you need. And if they're licensed, they may be able to get you whatever that policy is. If not, then go deal with your insurance pro. Let them find the best policy out there, but you're going to know why you need that policy. Always do it from a planning standpoint, and then you're not going to end up overinsured at some point and not being able to invest in the probability of things that can go right. So now growing assets, creating retirement income, those are often the elements of that financial strategy that get the most attention. Like I said, we want to pay attention today about insurance. It may serve as something of a bulwark that helps protect you against uh, protect actually your earning power and your personal possessions and against those adverse events. 
The first type of insurance we're going to talk about is long-term disability. Potentially needing long-term care disability insurance is something that scares a lot of people so much that they ignore it. They bury their head in the sand and then just hope for the best. And that's not a great plan. Yeah. Nope, uh, it isn't. And as you've said on a lot of previous shows, Matt, choosing to do nothing and just hoping for the best means your financial strategy is really no strategy at all. You have yeah, it's to a great make thing to do on a Sunday afternoon staring at the clouds, but not a great financial strategy. No. Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, you know, ignoring long-term disability insurance and allowing the chips to simply fall where they may is, you know, the better option is to seek out a policy that provides an ample amount of coverage so that you'll be able to maintain your current lifestyle, even if you're forced to leave your job. Uh, oh, long-term disability insurance that supplies a financial benefit equal to a certain percentage. It's usually around 50 or 60% of the insured person's salary for covered disabilities. And it generally kicks in when short-term disability ends. And to qualify for benefits, the disability must have occurred after the policy was issued. Kind of makes sense, of right? Of course, but, yeah. Yeah, yeah it'd be handy po- if it could, yeah. <laughs> it could but not. You but can't, you can't go ahead and go, oops, now I'm going to need to get that, right? Yeah. There's no, you don't get the get to look back here. So many policies have a waiting period and you must submit medical information confirmed by a doctor for your claim to be considered. Yeah. Well, and if I'm remembering correctly, a lot of long-term disability insurance policies uh, have two different labels. And explain this one to me. I've seen this and I don't know what it means. They're labeled as own occupation or any occupation. What's the difference there? Okay. So uh, own occupation, due to a disability, you're unable to handle your regular job or a similar job. And the any occupation means that because of the disability, you're not handle, uh, you're not able to handle any jobs for which you'd otherwise be qualified for. Now, much like short and long-term disability insurance, there is that workers' comp piece too, more commonly referred to. Oh, I said workman's comp. You you might have heard it or read it as workers workers' compensation. I always call it workers' comp. Yeah, uh, pays a you benefit. If, yeah, if you become injured or disabled at work or while performing your job tasks, and many states mandate employees uh, employers carry workers' compensation insurance for their staff. Or in exchange for that benefit, the employees aren't allowed to sue their employer for negligence. Uh, one final note, though, on this. Long-term disability insurance and workers' comp both cover disabilities, but long-term disability insurance isn't restricted to disabilities or injuries that happen either at work or while working. It can be in kind of any arena. Yeah, and that's a great rundown of long-term disability insurance. And again, not exciting stuff, but if you need it, this is so important. And it is important, like you said, to work with a financial advisor, not just an insurance salesman, because it needs to be part of your overall plan, especially your retirement plan. Before you get there, retirement income, it impacts all of that. And I really want to urge our listeners to pick up the phone and give you a call, Matt, because you can help them figure out how certain insurance products might fit into that broader plan and figure out whether or not you're insured, maybe you're overinsured or underinsured mm-hmm. in certain areas. So that's important to figure out. Absolutely. Uh, The next piece I want to talk about, life insurance. And it helps to be, at the very least, have a basic knowledge of this because it's going to be something you're going to come across at some point. At root, it protects those who are financially dependent on you. If your spouse, children, or other loved ones would be put into a precarious financial position, if you died, 
life insurance should be a priority for you if you don't already have it. If you do have it, make sure the potential payout amount is still high enough that your family would be able to weather the fallout from your passing. You know, just having a a $5,000 policy for something, right? That, and having a ton of those, or even just two or three of those, that maybe that's good for final expenses, but it's not going to replace your income. The artists, right. you know, I, I, we already talked about this. Work with your financial professional. Work with your planner, especially. Review how much you earn each year, how long you expect to remain in your job. From there, you're going to want to focus on purchasing a policy or policies that would replace the the amount that, of that income that you need upon your death. And you may also want to include the cost of a burial or other services if you don't have a funeral trust or something like that put in place because those unexpected costs can lead to emotional and financial difficulty for your loved ones, especially during probably the most emotionally difficult time of their life thus far. Yeah, exactly. And you don't want to leave your spouse or your children or your grandchildren in a bad situation. I, I mean, no. that that's for sure. So uh, you've been looking at some of these more common insurance policies that are out there, and I think you did a great job highlighting, you know, so far we've looked at long-term disability and life insurance. Uh, what's next? What else do you want to talk about? Uh, well, let's talk about the next most probably obvious one for most people, if it isn't the most obvious for people, health insurance. Ouch. And I felt that one in my wallet when you yeah. say health insurance. <laughs> it's Outrageously no, expensive. Yeah. It's no great surprise to anybody listening that health insurance is a necessity for most people, but it's also no surprise that the rising costs of medical care make the need for a solid health insurance strategy all the more important or that all those rising costs also lead to rising costs for health insurance. So even a casual visit to a doctor to discuss you know, a relatively simple matter can come with a hefty price tag. And then if you have a significant injury that results in a few nights in the hospital, you could end up staring at a bill that tops the cost of a nice vacation. Yeah. And that's not really where you want your vacation to be this year, right? So health insurance may sometimes squeeze your budget regardless of how much your employer subsidizes your monthly premium. But the reality is the cost of not having any insurance could end up costing you far more than the total sum of many years of premiums. You know, you want to send, want to send your financial pro into a panic. Tell them you want to move forward with the, with no health insurance. Yeah. Watch what happens to their Yeah, face. exactly. I mean, you're if you do that, you're rolling the financial dice, right? I mean, mm-hmm. if you don't have health insurance, in certain states, you have to, right? Mm-hmm. Or you face a yep. penalty for not having health insurance. So you definitely want to work with somebody like yourself uh, and uh, make sure that you're abiding the state laws, not going to have to pay any penalties and have a plan to cover health care. And a lot of people, what about our listeners there? Just uh, to stay on that topic, just really quick. A lot of people think, well, why am I worried about health insurance if I'm retiring? Because I'll get Medicare. It doesn't cover everything. We've done total shows on that, Tony. And that's a great question. So if you think that's a great idea, Go back, check out one of our shows that we've done on Medicare um, or, you know, schedule some time to talk to, to me or your financial pro about why that's not also the best idea right there. Not everything's covered. Um, and, you know, health insurance, there are more affordable plans, really high deductible ones. Now, if you're working with one of those, sometimes there's other benefits, too. You can have health, you know, HSAs and flexible spending accounts, different things like that, depending on the what kind of plan you have. So there are some other things you can do if you do have a high deductible plan. And if you have a great plan through work, great. Uh, but it should be part of your overall financial strategy. Now, the next policy 
uh, type you should be aware of as homeowners. Uh, think about your home's value. Now think about replacing that home out of your own pocket. You know, sit down for a few minutes. If thinking about replacing it out of pocket makes you feel faint, catch your breath, wipe your brow, have a sip of water. Uh, When you're researching homeowners policies, you're going to want to find one that will cover the replacement of both the structure and its contents. And you want to make sure it's replacement costs, not just the value you think it is right now, because there's a big difference between what something might have cost and what it's going to cost to replace it. Uh, Some homeowners policies will cover your expenses of living somewhere else while your home's being repaired. It's a good thing to know if it's in your policy. It's important to remember that rebuilding expenses don't include the cost of land because you already own it. And depending on how old your home is and the cost of your possessions, that replacement expense may be more or less what you paid for it, but it might not be. To get that, to get a clear estimate of what you might need now, determine, you know, what's find out what the cost per square foot to build in your area is. Multiply by that that number by the amount of square feet you're going to want, the space you're going to be building, and then you'll come up with what that cost is going to be. Be sure you're also keeping track of the cost of potential upgrades, special features. Finally, you should also be sure your homeowner policy handles the liability costs if someone is injured on your property. Sure. And if you're in a live in a state where that's necessary. Well, and, and uh, you know, you don't just need to be a homeowner. As a parent of a couple of 20-somethings, I'm always telling them, my kids, if they move from apartment to apartment, you need renter's insurance. That's that's essential as well, isn't it? I think that is a huge one for a couple of reasons. That's one of those ones, no matter when I was young and how strapped I was, I had renter's insurance for a couple of reasons. One, sometimes when you don't have much money and you're struggling, you don't always live in the best places. And there may be part, you know, problems within the place that are going to cause things to happen to all the stuff you have. And if you don't have a ton of money and you lose the few things you do have, that is a hard place to be in. Renters insurance is usually very cost effective for what it will cover for you. Yeah. Some some places mandate that you have it if you're going to be there. Um, True. But if they don't, it's still a good idea. Uh, and you know, twenty somethings or even people retiring. Some people downsize and rent. Um, they get out of the house where they raise their families. Uh, renters insurance, uh, it cover, there's coverage for your personal belongings, liability, living expenses for covered losses. Uh, homeowners and renters, they're each unique. They do have some similarities. Uh, there's parts A, B, C, D, E, and F, and A's for dwelling, B's for other structures, C for property, D for additional living expenses, E's for liability and F is for medical payments uh, and renters generally aren't, aren't responsible for insuring the dwelling or other structures. So A and B are typically set to zero, but then you have, you know, parts C, D, E and F that you can look at. Uh, the One wrinkle here, certain types of dog breeds, whether it's justified or not, this is some places, pit bulls and Rottweilers, for example, may make it more difficult, if not impossible to get the kind of homeowners or renters insurance you want. I get it. Don't hate the, dog don't hate the breed you know, the owners are generally more responsible for making yes, dogs the way they are true um but that may come up i would suggest if you run up against that and you're not sure if you have a full-blooded uh pit pitbull or rottweiler have them genetically tested i had a client once whose insurance was going to go through the roof because they thought they had a full-blooded rottweiler they tested it there was literally no rottweiler in it and so they submitted yeah. that and got their insurance reduced but there you go yeah 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 and that's that's the thing it, and it is usually the owners and, you know, it can cost you more in insurance if you have certain types of purebred dogs. So that can take a bite out of your wallet, so to speak, mm-hmm. pun intended, yeah. I guess. But 
another type of insurance that I'll throw out there since you mentioned pets. Uh, my wife and I actually got, we have a young dog uh, that grew to be twice the size we thought he was. He was a rescue puppy and he's a huge dog, right? He's part Weimaraner, part Border Collie. I think he's got Pitbull and Lab in there too. We had, we had one of those tests done. So um, we got, it, it just, he was costing us a lot in the vet. So we did the math and uh, we can save money. Pet insurance is really inexpensive and mm. it can cover all the checkups and shots and that can, that can add up. And then it covers a portion of uh, some other things. So, uh, we got that. We'll see after the first year, we'll look at the receipts and see if it made sense or if we, it would have made more sense to pay out of pocket. So, well, let's, let, let's take that as a jumping point for one comment I want to make before I get into the next policy. And that is review what you're spending. Yeah. And do a review every couple of years of your policy. Sometimes you're you're going to be overinsured for some things at some point, or you're going to be underinsured for others. Just like your portfolio, you want to make sure you're checking on it, rebalancing it, you know, probably at least once a year or something like that. You want to make sure that your insurance is still working for you the way it should be. Your cars are older. Maybe they're not worth as much. Maybe you're not worried about glass or you have a great glass policy that you don't need a rut. You can find a policy that it's included. You don't need a rider, all different things. Have all those P and C things for sure. All your policies reviewed every few years to make sure they still make sense. Sure. Now, another good next uh, auto auto insurance, uh, it should be a good part of your comprehensive financial strategy. Basic level of auto insurance is legal requirement in most places. Um, but even if you happen to find yourself in a place that doesn't require it, Probably still a good idea to carry an auto insurance policy, even if you're driving an old car without much value, because if you're in an accident and someone's injured or their property's damaged, you could end up facing a lawsuit that hits you very hard financially. And ultimately, not carrying auto insurance or carrying only the bare minimum saves you only a small amount, and it might jeopardize your financial strategy and retirement goals. Right. You have to have liability on your yeah. car. I mean, that's just, you have to have that. And I think almost all states, uh, it's required in the U.S. to have at least liability on your insurance uh, if you're driving. And, you know, uh, there's a lot of options out there. And and speaking of that, I just think of all the ads I see on TV for uh, insurance. There's a lot of options, aren't there? Yeah. In the 13 seconds that pharmaceutical ads aren't running, there are insurance ads. That's right. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, it's it's dizzying the number of policies that are out there, benefits, features, costs. Shop carefully, read the fine print, talk to your pro before you make any decisions. It's important to be confident that the policy you're about to purchase adequately addresses all of your needs. And that should be said about every one of these we're talking about, right? When you're about to purchase an insurance policy, you should understand why you have it, what it's going to cover, and that is addressing all your needs. That's why I say you go from your planner to the insurance person, not the other way around. Right. There you go. Uh, Good advice. In fact, speaking of that, how do our listeners get a hold of you, Matt? Well, they follow the scent of peach cobbler. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Other than that, they can can call 800-339-9252 or they can get us online at compass-ltd.com. All right. Well, are you ready to wrap up the show? Is that it? Or did you have anything else you wanted to talk about today? Uh, I mean, there's some stuff we can talk about. A couple quick things. Let's just hit on a couple things. I know we there were a few little things in that article from Investopedia. Um, 
you know, a lot of people talk about different, you know, have some different questions about some of these things in uh, insurance. Real quick, what is whole life insurance? It's a permanent policy. Uh, in, permanent life insurance policy, death benefits are paid when the insured person dies. It remains in force for the insured person's lifetime as long as the premiums are up to date. Uh, they may build some cash value, which can potentially be accessed while an insured person is alive. It's essentially you get a death benefit and a forced savings plan. Um, I'm oh, not that's bad nice. So it has cash value. It so can. everything you're putting in isn't necessarily gone uh, or just for the death benefit. It, it can have a cash. So they, they may build cash value if they, if it's working right. And okay. some, some do, some don't. Um, but, uh, and some people use cash value to pay premiums. There's different things. So I don't want to, I don't want to make a broad statement there, but, um, that's whole life insurance. And then people say, what's the difference between that and universal universal is, uh, it's permanent life insurance, uh, but it invests their cash in a separate account and they're usually tied to the stock market. Uh, it's a pretty flexible policy allows for premiums and death benefits, benefits to be adjusted. It, it, universal life may be a good fit for some financial strategies. Whole life might be a good fit for some financial strategies. Uh, term life might be a good fit for fu some financial strategies. The thing is, is generally certain insurance companies have products that they really like and that they're looking to sell. And certain agents are really qualified in a particular field. And some sometimes some of them get pretty myopic in how insurance works as part of the people's overall plan. So, again, I, I, I wanted to bring these up as a, just a one final reason to say this one more time. Deal with your financial planner first. Find out the policies you need. That will be uncovered in the planning process. If they can provide you with those, great work with them. They'll tell you what's going on. If not, and you have a certain affinity for a life insurance person. Uh, you know, there's some great agents out there and I'm not slagging everybody. Don't get me wrong, but go work with your finance, your life insurance agent after you know what you need from your plan. And then, you know, go to someone you trust and get the policies that your planner has suggested that you're going to need. Leave the legwork of getting the right policy for you out of that from your agent. Uh, work with those people, but do it in that order. That, to me, is the best way to get it done. Um, same thing for your portfolio. I always talk about this. Get your plan done first because then it's a lot easier to make those other decisions. So you want to do something like that and you want to do it with us, give us a call, 800-339-9252 or visit us at compass-ltd.com. All right. Well, thank you, Matt, and great show today. Listeners, that does it for today's episode of The Financial Compass with our host, Matt Brunner. Thank you for listening to The Financial Compass. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact Matthew Brunner at Comprehensive Planning Associates. Call 800-339-9252 or visit their website at compass-ltd.com. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Insurance products and services, fee-based financial planning, and investment advisory services are offered by Comprehensive Planning Associates, LTD. Compass, a registered investment advisor in the state of Connecticut. Securities are offered 
offered by Gretchen Brunner and Matthew Brunner through Gradient Securities, LLC, Arden Hills, Minnesota, 866-991-1539. Member FINRA, SIPC. Comprehensive Planning Associates, LTD, Compass, and Gradient Securities, LLC are not affiliated companies. Gradient Securities, LLC, and Comprehensive Planning Associates, LTD, Compass are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency. Please refrain from posting reviews of your experience as this may be considered testimonials and are prohibited by the Securities and Exchange Commission, SEC. Like should not be considered a positive reflection of the investment advisory services offered by Gradient Securities, LLC, GS, and or their investment advisor representatives.